Captain. Our computer is picking up a strange signal. I don't want any baloney, magic tricks, or psychological mumbo jumbo. Nerds, broadcasting to you from a location outside of time and space. This is Liminal Unlimited. I'm Big Chunky Chains. <laughs> Kyle Thatcher. What's up? I'm Jenny Thatcher. I'm the fireball in your ass. <laughs> PJ. I'm still on a page from Laura. I'm your ghostess with the mostest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shanna. Well, welcome back for part two, part du, deuce, Duh. part two-o of the Skinwalker Ranch. And we are joined again by the host of the Wellhouse Exorcism, Shanna, and her faithful sidekick. <laughs> I, I sorry, I go by hostess. Oh, hostess. Thank With you. the mostess. Yes. And, and and her and her ward. <laughs> that was correct. BJ. With chains in the basement, he stays down here. He gets fed once a week. Kyle, you diabolical. <laughs> I heard it was nice out today. <laughs> I wish I knew. That drop of water tasted wonderful. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, wife. So we are going to be talking more about the the center, the mecca of paranormal activity in this hemisphere, Skinwalker Ranch in the beautiful, picturesque Uinta Basin of Utah. Okay, hear me out on this. Aliens. <laughs> I'm not saying it's aliens, <laughs> but, but it's aliens. aliens. So... On our first episode, we covered what? Short recap, honey. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, skinwalkers, what skinwalkers are. Um, the Myers. The, the Myers, yeah, the history of the ranch, who owned it, the Myers, and then the Shermans. And then we did talk a little bit about the more later owners, um, Robert Bigelow and his team, Nids, and now the current owner, Brandon Fugel, and his team, and the... History Channel show, The Hunt for the Skin... Oh, Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, yeah. Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. Um, we enjoy thoroughly. So we're going to talk some more about, primarily... The yeah. latter the half. The latter right. half. Yeah, we discussed the, the poltergeist activity, yes. and we discussed a lot orbs. of creepy orbs Lots and dogs orbs. disappearing. Giant and wolf that hey cannot be yeah. killed. Hey, y'all, I'm just an orb. <laughs> <laughs> Let me leave your doggies out to this I'm, nice I'm, tree. I'm just, Oops. I'm just here to melt doggies. <laughs> And be your friend. <laughs> we also discussed things crawling out of a parallel, like, creepy universe. That's right. Boogie, right. boogie, boogie. Portals to other dimensions. Yes. I found another wolf story in this book that I missed the first time through, Ooh. also. Oh, wow. Okay, well, maybe we'll, yeah. maybe we'll start with that. But but the, the, the primary thrust of I this episode... I that word. <laughs> Ooh. Well, it's not... This is not that kind of show. This is not that kind of basement. Ooh, Skinwalker Ranch. <laughs> Prepare to get probed. 
You ever, you ever been orbed? <laughs> Do you want to? You want to see my chunky chains? <laughs> you want to see my stump? <laughs> it's my favorite stump. It's my favorite stump. Uh, I'm, I'm tearing this my ding dong dang stump. Do you like it? <laughs> I like to look at your portal when I'm sitting on my stump. <laughs> Well, this has been a great episode. Thanks for tuning oh, gee, in. Is that how babies we, we had it. they come out of portals, Jen? Yes. We yes. Had, they they crawl out. We've had a good we run. Skinwalkers. We've had a good run. It's it's been short yeah. but eventful. We did it. We sabotaged their podcast. Yay! We were never Thanks, asked on guys. again. But the the primary subject matter is going to be more in line with the science, especially. Uh, Brandon Fugel's effort to try to scientifically uh, and and document real proof, real evidence of the things going on, because um, unfortunately, so much of what we know or have heard is totally anecdotal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a, a a huge gap in the evidence chain. Yeah, uh, for this location. Um, so uh, to start off, I guess let's. Let's hit the uh, let's hit the Teen Wolf train one more time. <laughs> okay, so uh, this is actually after Nids had bought the farm and everything, and Terry helps with you know he he continues to come back as he wants to know what the heck is going on in this farm, and now he has like people with him. He's like really uh, strength in numbers. <laughs> yeah, and I, I imagine he's walking over there like, all right, you wolf fucks. <laughs> 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 I mean, this is like when a lot the of like this I is when he shoots one of them now. in the trees and stuff like that. Is when the Nids guys are there. So, yeah. um, as long as but, he's carrying his rifle, he's good. <laughs> I'm about to get medieval. <laughs> Give me back my pliers. So, uh, he and Gwen are uh, driving through uh, uh, what you, towards what used to be his homestead. And Gwen says, what is that? Looking puzzled, squinting to the west. And there's like a cloud of dust erupting from oh, one I of know the this corrals. Story. I, I was ready to tell this story. Do you it, want to take it over? Um, no, I, I think I can just play off of what, uh, what you're okay, going Okay, yeah, because I'm paraphrasing because I only like skimmed it earlier. Yeah, because I call this the dog. The quote. dog. With, with, if you could see my fingers, they're doing... <laughs> they can't. This is a podcast. Finger quotes. Can't you see the quotes I'm making <laughs> with my claw hands? hands? <laughs> so, um... But yeah, so as they get closer to this corral where the cattle's just freaking out, they see this brown blur just zipping in between the cattle and everything. And as they get closer, it's this giant fox slash hyena slash coyote yeah, it's got like thing. A, it's got like a canine head. The body, like the humped body of, of a, hyena. a hyena, short stumpy legs like a wild <laughs> boar, and then this big bushy, bushy tail. fox tail. Yeah. It, it's like it's like the way kids draw dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if, if you took a kid's drawing of a dog and made it in real life, yep. it would be this thing. What the hell is that? <laughs> I love you ringing the accent. <laughs> Terry muttered. Uh, The creature was plainly hunting his horses, but did not seem intent on causing serious harm. It would lunge at one of the horse's legs, looking to bite it, and the horses would then kick out and gallop around the corral. 
The animal's big red bushy tail reminded Tom of an exa Terry of an exaggerated <laughs> fox tail. But the rest of the body was all wrong for a fox. The animal looked and moved like a hyena. Its head more resembled a dog's, uh, and it had short, stubby legs like a boar, as Kyle said. So, uh, so yeah, like, as they got closer, they pull up the, you know, they get out of the truck, and he slams the door, and that's enough to, like, catch the thing's attention. And it automatically, like, stops what it's doing and looks up. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. like, oh, playtime's over. And, and they his, found me. And his wife's like, that ain't no dog. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, sure enough, like, the thing bolts away into an open field and just disappears into the middle of an open field. Yeah, yeah, he said, he said it, like, just vanished. Yeah, it's a, it's a field. There's nothing to run it, to. It didn't there. drop into a gully. Yeah. It's, it just vanished. And the thing's huge. Like, it, sh it shouldn't have just vanished like that. Was this daytime or nighttime? Daytime. Daytime. Ooh. Daytime. Yeah. Oh, I want to make a correction. The, when Gwen was getting buzzed by something, that was at night. Oh, uh, okay. And, but, so, at first she thought it was a bat, but then, like, it was huge and, like, you know, making these gusts of air that was blowing her hair. So she's like, it's not a bat, it's too big, but birds don't fly at night, so it wasn't a bird either. Mm. Uh, so I wanted to clarify that. Which, thank you, week. thank you. Which, if it were me, just, just to stop on this for a moment, if it were me, I would actually be happier that it was like some weird, intangible thing because have you ever heard of the owl attacks? No, so there are times when, no, when owls, uh, because owls are very territorial, mm -hmm. and so they will go after if they feel like there's another bird in the area that is like threatening their hunting grounds or whatever. They will go after the nest and destroy the nest. Oh. And so there have been times where owls have misidentified the swirl like the cowlick on the top of people's heads oh. as um. <laughs> other bird nests. And there's actually, there was a video of a guy, him and his friend are just crossing a parking lot, you know, set, you know, out, <laughs> and there's some, there's some woods nearby and this owl swoops out of one of the trees and just goes at the back of this guy's head and just claws the living crap out of it. Like, opened up wounds to where he had to go to the hospital and get stitches. They're, I mean, their talons are huge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, large, have talons. large talons. <laughs> large talons. So I, I would take intangible yeah, right? you know, creature. Yeah. <laughs> Don't sell product in my turf! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, and, and so then Terry goes uh, to look for the thing. And I have Get a, back in your car where it's... These people. <laughs> I know. So... This is like the White Things episode that we did for Well House, where the husband's like... Our boyfriend's trying to take a picture of this wolf, and she's like, we need to go. The wife's like, start driving. It's going to eat us. So the ground was too hard for tracks. He caught the distinctive smell of wet fur in the air. Yeah, that, yeah, the wet fur. Like, he, like yeah. a wet dog. Yeah. He went to the spot where it vanished, and he smelled a, a wet dog. And he also said that this thing was like... Like, not only did it have the fox's tail, but it was, like, reddish in color, and from his estimation was, like, looked to be, like, 200 pounds. Like, a 200-pound... Yeah. Wow. yeah. It was big. Dog, Ina, foxy pig. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds cute. I'm foxy pig hyena. <laughs> and I'm a whole lot of animal. <laughs> That's the new Tone Loke album. Foxy Pig Hyena. <laughs> we, 
we start singing again? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we got this. Um, but yeah, so then you know, speaking of like, because cause I would I would lodge that in like cryptid, you know, because it's not like a an identifiable creature, you yeah. know, it's not like the wolves, like they're saying, oh, these giant wolves came out, you know, and here, um, you know, it's like more like this cryptid, you know, hybrid uh, animal. I would still take it as a pet. <laughs> I want a dire wolf so bad. I, I, I realize, though, there is a paranormal entity that has not been spotted on the ranch. Black-eyed kids. Mm, they don't mention those, do they? Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Where's Nessie Bessie? We want to go see Mortal Kombat. <laughs> this is a ranch! <laughs> <laughs> Just let us in your car. No. Or, or the black-eyed peas, for that matter. Hmm. We don't know that. Yet. Equally horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> although, I, although I have heard people describe Travis Taylor as Fergalicious. That <laughs> <laughs> Alabama twang? I don't know. Um, but the the only other like real um, cryptid-y thing that I kind of uh, found was there was the story of the runner. Um, this was like in October of 98. Uh, just a man and his wife just driving along. They're about mm-hmm. three miles from the ranch out on, like, the main road. And they look over. They notice something moving. They look over into the field next to the road. And there's what they described as a human-like figure. I love this story. Running across the field. It's running in the direction, like, towards the ranch. They know where the ranch is, and it's running towards the ranch. And this figure, uh, they described as very dark and muscular but it looked like you know a human it had like basic human human body features but it was how it was running the speed it was running at that caught their attention because they said that this uh figure this humanoid was running at the speed of like an olympic sprinter it was like usain bolt Mm -hmm. running across this field and And like not, not even tiring and yeah not just for like 50 yards, 100 yards, it was running for hundreds of yards and maintaining this crazy high speed. Wow. And so that was, like, super noticeable to them. I can do that. I just don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then uh, the only other uh, story that kind of stood out to me, because, like, they mentioned Bigfoots and things, but... But I, I just couldn't find an anecdote. Like, I'm, I'm searching Google. I'm searching mm-hmm. Reddit. I can't find, like, an anecdote about an actual, like, Bigfoot sighting. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah, people have seen Bigfoots there. And that's kind of, like, all I, I seem to get. It was, like, newspaper articles. Yeah, the only, con- the only story that you can read and, like, they have that connection even in the book is that story of that figure being in the trees that they shoot at, yeah. and then they say it has more of a bird of prey footprint, but yeah. they equate that to Bigfoot a lot. Like If you look online, that is the frequent There's that comparison. predator creature, too. Yeah, but uh-huh. if you type in Bigfoot, that's the story that pops up. It's the one. Oh, that yeah, for yeah, sure. That's the one. Well, the, bir- the bird-like thing even almost reminds me a little bit of... Um, have you ever heard of the, the Kentucky Goblin case? Um, the, oh. the Newkirks, the Newkirks investigated it. That was like the first season of their their show Hellier. Okay, um, and that was they had a, a picture of a footprint that they supposedly got from this guy who turned them on to the the story, and then they could never find this guy. 
Like this guy apparently like either never existed, it wasn't his real name or info, or he just like moved away and didn't give a forwarding address. Mm -hmm. But they did receive a picture from him of what he said were the goblin feet, and they were like three toed with a slightly like kind of what looked to be a longer heel. And um, Dana Newkirk said that when she saw the picture, her initial impulse was to be like, bullshit. This is a hoax. But then as they like blew the picture up on their screen, they see like the classic, it has like dermal ridges. Oh, okay. So it's like an actual like footprint. Yeah. And then she's like, okay, what the hell is this? <laughs> and so that kind of reminds me of that because it was a three-toed footprint with this like kind of slightly yeah. longer heel. And it almost makes me wonder if it's not something yeah. in line with that. If I recall, this one was two-toed, yeah. though, more like a... Um, it's a two, yeah, two-pronged, yeah. two yeah. claws. Yeah, the, the, the only story that I can find, like the whole discussion with actual quotes, <clears throat> it says, on the night of March 12, 1997, after the ranch had been sold off, Biochemist Colm Kellner, working with Bigelow's National Institute for Discovery Science, declared to have been have seen an immense humanoid being spying on the research team. The creature perched on a tree and spied on his crew. And this is a quote. The large creature that lay motionless, almost casually in the tree, the only indication of the beast's presence was the penetrating yellow light of the unblinking eyes as they stared fixedly back into the light. So, of course, they grab a right, rifle and they shoot it. Um, then it says, it was then that I saw it, a single obvious oval track about six inches in diameter embedded deeply in the patch of snow. It looked unusual, a single large print in the snow with two sharp claws protruding from the rear of the mark going a couple inches deeper. It almost looked like a bird of prey, maybe a raptor print, but huge and from the depth of the print from a very heavy creature. Yeah. So again, like doesn't sound like Bigfoot to me, but if you research Bigfoot, that's what pops up. Yeah. <laughs> or giant owls. That's right. Yeah. Could be. They're in D and D. Why can't they be? It's darn right. Skinwalker Ranch. It's Um, in the Watchmen too. But one interesting kind of like side (laughs) side questy experience um, was, um, and and I know we take a lot from television shows, but I mean, where do you get? Where are you going to see the evidence, right? Um, Unless you're searching YouTube, and half of that stuff you can't trust. Yeah. Not that I totally trust, you know, stuff on the Discovery Channel, but (laughs) aliens. But on Jack o- Jack Osborne, you know he's he's gone from being Ozzy's kid to huge paranormal researcher, mm-hmm. and in uh, his I believe it was his last special, um, he was studying UFOs in the Uinta Basin, and he was there with Jason Muse uh, <laughs> of Jay of Jay and Silent Bob, love it, and um, I'll be right back, Jamie Kennedy. Oh my God, <laughs> and, group. which is. If you haven't watched this, sh- I actually I, I recommend people watch this show. It's great. That's such a power because it trio is right there. Yeah, it is so the funny. most chaotic <laughs> UFO investigation <laughs> that I imagine it ever seen. Yeah. It's Discovery Channel. Uh, yeah, it's on the Discovery Channel. All right, I'm you can that find up. on Discovery Plus. I'm looking that up. Um, and and then and then he pulls Jack Osborne pulls in. Like, you know, kind of the most well-known uh, UFO expert on the channel, Ben Hansen. Mm. He pulls Ben Hansen in. And watching Ben Hansen <laughs> have to tell Jason Mewes and Jamie Kennedy over and over and over again, that's a satellite. <laughs> 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 Is great. 
But during that investigation, now they're obviously they can't get on to Skinwalker Ranch, but not, uh, I mean, it's probably miles, but not very far away from Skinwalker Ranch in the Uinta Basin in that same area is an area called the McCoy Flats. Mm -hmm. And the McCoy Flats supposedly have had lots of sightings of things as well. And there are some people that tell them, like, if you want to see UFOs, go to McCoy Flats. You're going to see some UFOs. And so Jack Osborne is with his camera guy up on a bluff overlooking this lower kind of like gully section of the McCoy Flats. And he goes, what is that? And the camera guy, now the camera guy does a crap job. He keeps cutting back and forth between <laughs> what they're trying to look at mm. and Jack Osborne, like this, all this camera guy's been trained to do is grab reaction shots, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Nobody's told him how to do actual paranormal investigating. And meanwhile, he's the only one of the two of them that has a camera. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so Jack Osborne's like, what is that? And they observe a dark humanoid figure mm. walking along the bottom of the gully and the way the direction it's walking is toward where their vehicles are parked but you can't see, like you can only see the vehicles because they're looking through the night vision on mm-hmm. the camera you'd have to assume that it's quite possible this figure <clears throat> can't see the vehicles and this thing really it, quick boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> and this thing is like power walking it is like it looks like it's on a mission, yeah. right? And it's bipedal, walking rapidly. It's and now Jack Osborne puts a laser pointer, like to show the camera guy where he's looking, and it it doesn't seem to notice the laser pointer. Seems unfazed, um, and you like I said, you clearly see on camera this shadow of a figure, the cool. silhouette walking down the gully. And, and meanwhile, like, the only people out there are Jack Osborne, his camera guy, Jason Muse, the camera guy that's with him. And Kennedy. And Jamie Kennedy, the camera guy. And they're in completely separate areas. <laughs> and they show you what they're doing, like, that whole time. When the figure all of a sudden gets within a certain distance, it seems as if it all of a sudden notices that there are vehicles parked there. Because when it stops, as if it's seen what's up ahead, the figure bolts, not in the direction it came, in a completely obtuse, like, 45-degree direction, up a bluff, over the top, and disappears. Hmm. Like how a deer would react. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it bolts right over this ridge. Is that a Chevy? I'm a Ford man. (laughs) (laughs) And Jack Osborne, the entire time, can't believe what he's seeing. He's like, he's like, going, oh my god, oh my god, it's running! Oh my god, it's running! <laughs> <laughs> it's running up the hill! It's gone! It's just gone! It's vanished! You know? And he's like, just screaming at the camera guy. Did you see that? Did you see that? Did you get that? And um, so he ends up calling in Jason Muse and Jamie Kennedy, and they walk over to where they saw this thing, and there are footprints. But now it's a weird, like, it's not muddy, but it's like, it's like that silty soil. Yeah. So it's not like clear footprints. There's no clear footprints. It's just, you can see. And the pacing is pretty large, pretty wide. Mm -hmm. Um, And they go to where he saw it go over the ridge and they just lose the prints. Just gone. Can't, can't, can't seem, they don't seem to know where it went. And there's like one like old oil derrick, like way in the distance 
And Jag Osborne's like, the only place it could go and hide from us is like over there. But how it would have gotten there, you know, that yeah. fast. Yeah. Um, okay, hear me out. Mothman. <laughs> New theory. Well, on the next day they went back because at least Jack Osborne was like trying to science this out a mm-hmm. little bit. And so they go back and they have one of their production team go down into the gully. They stand in the same exact spot where mm-hmm. Jack Osborne and his camera guy were. And they uh, tell the guy on the radio to start walking. So the guy starts walking from where it appeared from around this kind of like hill area. And they're timing it to match it up with the video. Mm-hmm. And this guy can't cover the distance. And, and he's walking like a speedwalker. Yeah. And he mm. can't match the distance that this thing covered in less time. So they said the steps would have to be huge, mm-hmm. you know, that it was taking. They would have to be immense. Cool. So, yeah, it was kind of crazy. Like, it's the one good piece of evidence that they get out of the whole thing. I mean, mostly you watch it for the fun of... <laughs> Jason <laughs> Mewes and Jamie Kennedy. Jason Mewes repeatedly going, uh, check, check, uh, check. Radio check. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, "Uh, yeah, we hear you. Yeah, check, check. It'd be weird to see him without Kevin Smith (laughs) on his side. It is a little. Um, But yeah, so, you know, there there are some crazy experiences, some, you know, people seeing... Uh, you know, weird creatures and stuff. Now, what's the snake story? I don't know the snake story, so what is that? So, um, there is a ravine in the Uinta Basin, uh, and in the 1800s, a lot of soldiers would just, like, drink by this ravine and throw their bottles into it, and it ends up getting the name Bo- Bottle Hollow. Ah! <laughs> Bottle Hollow. Say that. Bottle Hollow. Bottle Hollow. Big Hero Six over here. So let me pull up the page here. So it's a reservoir now and has mysterious mysterious legacy of its own, one that seems inextricably linked to the ranch. The Utes have long believed that Bottle Hollow is inhabited by one or more large aquatic snakes. Something akin to a sea serpent, legends that are attached to other much older bodies of water. Uh, eyewitness reports of serpent sightings in the reservoir date back to almost the time when Bottle Hollow was first filled with water. Obviously, the reservoir isn't old enough to be inhabited by a Paleolithic oddity that somehow survived into modern times. But what are we to make of the statements made to us by several seemingly honest witnesses, people who didn't want any public attention whatsoever? One eyewitness is the same tribal police officer who told us about um, about the graveyard of Buffalo Soldiers. So there was a, uh, a group called Buffalo Soldiers who were, like, buried in the area, things like yeah. that. Um, and so this, uh, this so officer Fort, Fort says... Duquesne, right? Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. Duchesne. I'm proud of Duquesne because okay. we have Duquesne University. Okay. Duquesne. <laughs> we'll call it Duquesne for fun. Just okay. To, just to know people. Yeah. Uh, so the, this officer says, quote, We used to see things crawling around in the water that looked like giant snakes. It would swim straight down from the uh, marina and go all the way down to the bottom end. You could see it on moonlit nights. I seen that. Well, everybody, the other guys, have seen that snake in there, too. 
other tribal police officers say an inordinate number of drowning cases have occurred in Bottle Hollow over the years, and at least some of them are unofficially attributed to the presence of the mystery snake. One case was uh, investigated by police involved the death of a Ute woman who was swimming at night with a male companion. Witnesses on the beach said that the mm-hmm. woman screamed. Swimming. Yeah. Finger quotes. Well, yeah, so that, that's what they get to that in the book is um, uh, that she says something grabbed her and pulled her under. And her companion then said that he dove in to try to save her and just couldn't find her. And mm-hmm. there's like a, there was a crowd of people on the beach watching all this, Ooh. and um, the cops were like, "Yeah, sure, like he could just drown her and be like, oh, something has her ankle, <laughs> right. you know." And, but um, oh. the all the people on the beach very much say like, "No, that's not how it happened." Mm-hmm. Like she was saying that something had her. Oh my goodness! There's a shrieking eel. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was just picturing Anaconda. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, like, you want to go down the river? You want to go down the river and huh, snake? <laughs> dynamite, John Voight. Dynamite. Oh, John Voight. Ice Cube, too. Watch out. It's coming for you. <laughs> Classic. So, so, in 1996, Robert Bigelow, you know, he's heard about this amazing place. Who is Robert Bigelow? Robert Bigelow, are you ready, honey? I'm ready. All right, so Jenny, why don't you lay out for us who is Robert Bigelow? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is I do. So. <laughs> he, Robert Bigelow, is a billionaire. I don't know if he was a billionaire at the time or just a multimillionaire, real estate slash hotel mogul who made his money. On the budget suites in yeah, the budget, Las Vegas budget area. suites. Those are his. Hmm. Um, he bought the ranch in 1996 and owned it till 2016. And the reason he bought it is because he's had an interest in UFOs and things like that since he was a child. Um, he said that when he was three years old in 1947, his grandparents had an encounter that he then heard about a few years later when he was about 10 years old. Um, they're driving late at night outside of Las Vegas and they see what they described as something that looked like a plane that was on fire headed right towards their car closer and closer fills up their whole windscreen looks like they're gonna hit the car they think they're gonna die when it just kind of makes a 90 degree turn and flies up into the air Um, and ever since he heard about that he was very interested in that sort of thing He also said um, that when he was around seven years old, he started having these, what he thought at the time were dreams of um, these three small, like child-sized figures wearing like monk robes that would just kind of be in his room looking at him. He couldn't make it any features. Fucking Jawas, dude. <laughs> I know, that's what I picture. He's got to stop watching Star Wars before he goes to bed. It's just I was thinking of the monkey man incident in Devil's Den. Out, um, out in Kansas. I don't know if you heard of that. Kansas, Kentucky? Well, no. But yeah, this guy kept waking up to like these quote-unquote monkeys that would visit him at night. And they'd be hopping on his bed and stuff, asking uh, him to come play. Uh, and that, that was before like the alien greys were a thing. But mm-hmm. he was de- he was describing the greys to oh, a T. Okay. Like big heads and really energetic. Because like, that's how apparently a lot of stories describe them. As like these like, you know, energetic 
things and or that's the, weird. Or they're the little guys from Phantasm. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> they get a hold of our coffee. We gotta go do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so in later in life, he he never really told anybody about them. But then later in life, he came to feel like it wasn't a dream, and maybe these were like greys or some kind of alien that was mm. visiting him. It has to be vindicating. Like when people start telling these stories, like, oh, I had that happen too. Oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's like my dad with the, the Bigfoot thing. Mm-hmm. Like he sees this mm-hmm. creature when he's a teenager. Bigfoot is not like a pop culture thing yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then years later, he, like he starts seeing like TV things about Bigfoot, and he's like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> yeah. What if, I what know if that's this. it? You know? Mm-hmm. So he bought the ranch in 1996, and he created the National Institute for Discovery Science, also known as NIDS. The worst acronym. I, yeah. So yeah, bad. Pretty bad. It sounds like a venereal disease. <laughs> it sounds like NIDS and nids. SIDS, and both of those are terrible. Yeah, yeah so. totally. And so NIDS would, you I know. I got the dang darn NIDS. <laughs> no, not again. I'll go get the cream. <laughs> The purpose of NIDS was to study all of the phenomena happening at the ranch um, and hopefully get some kind of scientific documentation. Um, And they, you know, the team consisted of Colm Kelleher, who was one of the Mm co-authors of the book, Walker, Hal Putoff, who um, was a psychic phenomena researcher. Uh, He worked for the government and the CIA. Uh, He's also a member of the Church of Scientology. Oh, there you go. Uh, In which he reached the highest level. Oh. He also worked with Yuri Geller and believed that his powers were real. Also on the team was Jack Vallee, who believes UFOs are not extraterrestrial, but interdimensional. Great Hmm. at parking cars, too. Yeah, yeah, Jack Vallee, uh, (laughs) Jack Vallee is, or Jacques, Jacques Vallee, has worked uh, very closely with, um, uh, what's the guy's name that uh, was the Project Blue Book? guy. Also part of the team was John Alexander, who was a former Army intelligence officer um, who is featured in the movie Men Who Stare at Goats, which is based on a true story of a government program where we MK Ultra tried to kill goats with the powers of our mind. J. Allen Hynek. J. Allen Hynek it was the leader of Project Blue Book. Um, he's also the one that came out later and said that um, he reported back many uh, many cases of what he felt were real UFO phenomena, uh, but the government just didn't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's worked closely with Jacques Vallée numerous times. Hmm. So after NIDS was formed, um, and you know they bought the ranch, nothing happened. So like a year later. Cool story. Podcast. Nothing happened. <laughs> And there you go. <laughs> a year later, there's been yeah, no in UFOs. case closed, it's all legend. <laughs> it's, it's all just a myth. A year goes by, no UFOs, no nothing. Bigelow says he's never seen one, and they tend, they seem to stay away when he's around. Um, so for not a while, not a lot happens. Um, and then, you know, we do have the book, which talks about all the, the stories that have happened, the UFOs, Bigfoot-like creatures, crop circles, cat mutilations, glowing orbs, poltergeist activity, but very little actual physical evidence. And I will say, skeptics say that all the time, like if you read Calm Kelleher's, you know, book, 
Um, if you read, there's the other uh, skinwalkers at the Pentagon, you know, um, that there's like no pictures, no, no anything. Mm-hmm. But Robert Bigelow, very, very infamously, infamously, has kept all of the data a complete secret. Yeah. You know, if you listen to some of these guys that like have been to the ranch, worked on some of this stuff. Now, Tom Kelleher, I wonder if he doesn't have, you know, a a bit of the blarney going on on some of these things. (laughs) But um, many people say that, like, um, you know, they they saw things, they experienced things, they they documented some things. um, But. Tom Kelleher can't put that in a book, yeah. Because well, yeah. because that all that data, any proof that there might be that came out of the the Bass investigation, the NIDS investigation, all of that is literally held by Bigelow, yeah. who won't let anybody look at it. Yeah, and yeah. that's it. Yeah, Calm can only put his firsthand experiences in there, and he mm. says nothing happened for a good year. Mm. Yeah, uh, in the book, but then he like things do start to pick up again. Right. And and there are like some conspiracy theories about Bigelow too. Like yeah, maybe he, they did find something, and they are he's keeping in it covered with up. the CIA. Uh, he, he does have this aerospace company. Maybe he's trying to reverse engineer alien technology, and he's not going to want to advertise that and put that out there. I have a little theory about that when we get to yeah. later in this. Episode. Well, and okay. and uh, we just learned tonight something that I didn't know, or maybe it's in your research. That he was getting money from the OSAP program, you know What's that's that? that's yes. that's the government like um, like basically it's like a, a weapons like a aeronautical like advanced aeronautical weapons yada yada yada. He, he was friends with Senator Harry Reid. Yeah, Bigelow's friends with Get Harry Reid. Yeah. yeah, and so he and was a guy, reported to yeah. have gotten him to uh, initiate what make ATIP right? Came yeah. The Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ATIP and OSAP and then, were the two yeah, programs. Yeah, Advanced Aerospace Weapons System Application Program, yeah. OSAP. Well, ATIP, $22 million. ATIP really came because um, a couple of years like after NITS ended, um, a DIA agent actually went out and wanted to see what mm-hmm. they were doing because he's like, hey, what you got over there? What you, were you seeing? And when he was there, like this multi-colored orb like, came in front of his face and then flew away really fast. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like... Yep, they're real. All right, let's go make some paperwork. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they got Senator Harry Reid involved, and uh, they got $22 million to throw at it, and then they put the contract out on the public domain for you know anybody to bid on. Only one company bid on it. What? Bigelow Aerospace oh and Aerospace Studies, or Bass. So crazy. I didn't <laughs> see it coming. So technic- yeah. technically, once that happens, any evidence that might come out of Bigelow's research is government property. That's yeah. true. So yeah. nobody's going to see that. Yep. It's not going in Colin Kelleher's books. Nothing. Yep. So um, so that program was from 2007 to 2012. Did you find any of the research that they actually found when they were there? Not so much, no. So I you got can talk you. about that too. Right. Okay. There isn't much, but again, like they, they did witness the same inexplicable lights that the Shermans had. Um, Their equipment, of course, would mysteriously malfunction as soon as they were trying to record things. Um, There were cases of their equipment being, like, physically mangled and just stripped and destroyed and shredded. Um, One NIDS consultant named um, 
Officer John Alexander, not my brother, who's right there, a different one. <laughs> um, he was a retired Army intelligence officer, and he said in an inter- interview, and I quote, he, th- he thought a precognitive sentient intelligence was at work on the farm, and so it knew what they were going to do, and it would sabotage them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I got. And there's a bit of that in Combs' book here. Um, there's a chapter called Vandals. And uh, so they had um, all these uh, cameras put up, and the wires were wrapped in duct tape and in, like, PVC piping as well. And uh, and let's see here. So, so, yeah, all the wiring had been neatly anchored to the pole by means of PVC piping and also heavy-duty duct tape. Each set of wiring from individual cameras had been separately wrapped in duct tape. The PVC tubing now lay bent and twisted at the floor of, uh, at the foot of the pole. All of the duct tape had been meticulously unwound from both the individual wiring and from around the telephone pole itself. Finally, the wiring itself had been dragged forcefully out of all three cameras. Anybody who has experience in wrapping wiring with duct tape and leaving it to bake in the summer sun will appreciate the enormous difficulty <laughs> and patience required to unwind the sticky yeah. tape several times from individual wires as well as from around the pole. The marks of the duct tape on the damaged wiring as well as the telephone pole were plainly visible. The tape was nowhere around. We searched the ground minutely for several days, for several hundreds of yards uh, radius around the pole for the missing duct tape, but found no clues. And then they um, they looked at the cameras that because like they realized like some of the cameras were like in line of sight of other cameras, and they saw that there was just missing time from those cameras. Oh, wow. So they had no idea how to find out what sabotaged them because it just wasn't on tape. Yeah. Of course. Of yep. course. <laughs> A likely story. <laughs> so uh, Nids was disbanded in 2004. Uh, and on their website, Robert Bigelow basically said that there was no need for any major investigation. Um, hadn't been for the last couple of years. Unfortunately, yeah, there just wasn't a lot of activity as there had been in the past. He said they would reactivate it if anything substantial happened and there was a need for more investigation, um, which I guess did not happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then in 2020, he founded the Bigelow Institute for Consciousness Studies, yeah, which studies he's life all... after death, which yeah. seems to also be an interest of his. He yeah. is, like, obsessed with that. Uh-huh. And, and I will say, um, one of the things that Robert Bigelow is most known for is the fact that he was building his own space station. He was actually hmm. using his money, the, the Bigelow Aerospace, you know, part of that operation was going towards building his own space station. And unfortunately, now they, they credit uh, COVID having a lot to do with it, but Bigelow Aerospace now is like basically defunct. Okay. They had to lay everybody off when COVID hit. And I think also the rise of SpaceX didn't help mm-hmm. yeah. because I'm sure a lot of those NASA contracts are now going elsewhere. Yeah. And so now, from what I understand, uh, Bigelow's, whatever he has up there, whatever many pods that he has that were already in orbit for his space station are now all being diverted. They're being sold to NASA to become mm-hmm. part of the ISS. Okay. So his, his kind of space hopping days seem to be over. Oh, alas. <laughs> so, yeah. 
That's Mr. Robert Bigelow. That's him in a nutshell. Help, I'm in a nutshell. <laughs> Let me out. Oh, my. <laughs> what just happened? We're all full of it today. <laughs> <laughs> but so, dare so, I say, we're all nuts. I have, no, those are in the corner. I have cashews over there. So now, in 2016, uh, here, here comes... Here comes Brandon Fugel and Adamantium Holdings. King of the nerds. Bow yes. to him. Yes. Yeah. I all love all him. I can say about Brandon Fugel is wow. wow. I knew it. <laughs> um, so Brandon Fugel, you know, he's a he's a good Mormon boy from from Utah, from uh, the the Provo area, and uh, basically, yeah, he's like he's just this giant nerd. He loves science fiction. He loves all that stuff. He even parts his hair. It's yeah. so cute. And um, he, he had a band for a short time. He had like an electronic band, you know. And, wow. Um, yeah, he's got wow. He's got the Hellraiser <laughs> puzzle cube. That was one thing I noticed in the show. If you watch Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch, one of the times they talked to him on Zoom, there's a Hellraiser puzzle box awesome. on the shelf behind that. him. And uh, in the the little YouTube documentary we just watched, it's actually signed by Doug Bradley. <laughs> yeah, so this guy's got a crazy amount of stuff. But um, it was around that time in in 2016. He had already been kind of focusing on this out there kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. he he was amassing his fortune as a real estate tycoon. Um, apparently, like half of Provo is are his buildings. Um, and he got involved with some research into alternative uh, aerospace technology. There was a guy that used to be involved with um, uh, like an internet company that started coming up with like gyroscopic hmm. tech for my like to, to try and like defy gravity. And Brandon Fugel got involved with him. That kind of failed because he realized this guy is like a nut. <laughs> 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 but because of the contacts he made, which included the the scientists that had worked with Robert Bigelow, um, Green, and the other guy, the put off, put off. Um, that be- last name be- so unfortunate. <laughs> because Brandon Fugel had met them through the work of this other fella, um, they reached out to him and they said, "Hey, um, we know this guy named Robert Bigelow." And he owns Skinwalker Ranch. He's looking to sell it. Would you be interested? And he was like, oh, heck yeah. That's <laughs> okay. And, and yeah, so he made a deal with Bigelow and, and bought the ranch. But Bigelow, like, straight up specifically was like, but you're not getting any of my data. <laughs> of course. I wonder if that was Bigelow's decision or the government's decision. You know? Yeah, I mean, you have to wonder because, yeah. I mean, it's going to go where the money came from. Yeah. That's what I think. And uh, that leads me to, like, my conspiracy theory that I hinted at earlier was, like, it does did the land come with a clause? Like, when he started the show that they have to vet everything that goes on TV first or something. You know, like, I wonder how much yeah. of it is vetted by the government before we get to see it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good true. question. How would we know? Um, it's very likely. 
you know, I mean, given the fact that UFOs have been around forever, mm-hmm. and the government kept saying, no, they, they don't exist, they don't mm-hmm. exist, and now, just a couple of years ago, they're like, yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They, they, you know, here's the video footage, like, they're real. Right. Uh, so... But on the show, yeah, even if they captured, like, an actual alien saying, hello, I'm an alien, like, are they going to actually There's no way they'd be us? allowed to put that right, on. Exactly. There's no way. Exactly. So so Brandon Fugel takes over, and um, he, he, he puts together a team. You know, he's got some basic, like, more like ranch hand type people, like Tom Winterton, who's, like, the superintendent mm-hmm. of the place. Um, but then he gets, like, f- uh, physicists, like Eric Bard. And he gets uh, double PhD Travis Taylor, um, and he gets he gets some some actual people with some credentials and some expertise. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know how much Shanna is in love with Travis Taylor. Also, <laughs> I'm in love with his intelligence, not his accent. <laughs> I love his hair all the time. You can tell he's an Einstein. His hair is just always messed up. Well, have you noticed that like it? falls apart as the show goes on yes. like the fir- the early season like it looks fine and then- you can tell they, try- they, they brush it like for his close up interviews and then he just destroys it uh, yeah and, and, and you know he puts together this this crew um, including his best buddy dragon yep <laughs> do you know how they met no, no. So Bryant Dragon, oh, I should say not Dragon, but Arnold, and he were actually on a mission trip, Fugle and him, and they became friends from the mission trip. Oh. And that's, that's how I got And he's Dragon it. number two. Dragon number two, yeah. yeah. That's how he got his nickname. <laughs> he didn't want that nickname either. guy was Dragon. He's like, my last name's Arnold, but <laughs> fine, whatever. Call him right. their names. Yeah, I just <laughs> called him Dragon. Hey, hey, bud, we ain't learning no new no. names. <laughs> So it's like the reduced Shakespeare company. Could you mind if we just call you Bob? <laughs> um, but so, but the one thing that Brandon Fugel's got going is he um, a uh, seems to be seems. I mean, from from what I saw in this other documentary, he's a, a pretty genuine guy. Like mm-hmm. he he uh, he's a giant nerd who just happens to be amazing at real estate and made a ton of money and now all his money is going to be sunk into a science fiction memorabilia and horror memorabilia (laughs) and and b into like investigating the crap out of skinwalker ranch yeah right um but you know like any good businessman he's like i'm not doing this for free yep let me get discovery history channel discovery in here and get them to give me some, some money funding, for yeah. letting me film, letting them film mm-hmm. all this stuff. He's a smart um, man. But this is a guy that has a an official H.R. Geiger replica alien head on his stove. Oh my god! He's got a Stargate, a miniature Stargate that was actually used in the movie Stargate <laughs> on his wall in the kitchen. You know, um, he's hardcore. He is really Big hardcore. Timer. He loves this Great. stuff. When he really believes in aliens in multiple dimensions, like mm-hmm. he is, he's always said, I believe there are multiple, whether they're parallel or interdimensional, whatever, I believe there are aliens because it's so, it's so silly of us to think that we are like isolationists. We are just the only planet in the entire universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's very open about that. And, and he's he, also super religious Mormon. Yeah, like, he's a Mormon. Yeah. 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 And he wants, well, he went on a mission trip yeah, and exactly. met Brian Arnold. So. Yeah. And he, he, wants to, he wants to prove that, you know, that there's more to reality than what we think we know, you know, yeah. and, and we are not alone in the universe. Yeah. Does he have I, more than one wife? 
Is that a Mormon thing? Or? Well, that's see, a Mormon. Well, that's Latter-day Saints. They, they it's say a, it's, it's not, it, but... It's certain... I get confused. A certain set. Uh, he is building his fourth house, and I'm like, why do you need four houses in but, one hey, area? But, hey, know your cults. <laughs> <laughs> Practice safe sex, okay? I mean, it's a nice house. I've like been watching a lot of Netflix, and I'm not... I got confused with all, all the stuff. Like, I'm Catholic, and after that, I get kind of confused. You see, I want some brother husbands. <laughs> I... <laughs> I yeah. mean, sister wives, whatever. I need brother husbands. I need one who can cook, one who can fix cars, one who cleans. Just sounds like I'm a an monk, equal opportunity sister or brother person. I'll take male or female as long as they're helping clean well, the house and feed yeah. the children. <laughs> here, here. So anyway, back to... And you, can, you can be <laughs> there too, honey. Okay, you can show up if <laughs> you want do to. Do whatever it is you do. <laughs> I can do a tin can. <laughs> However, so when Brandon Fugit buys the property, though, it is with the specific, like, he receives the same instruction that Terry Sherman got, that Robert Bigelow got. They pass it down. Don't dig. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, don't dig. And dig, you dig. And they, I know, can dig it. Can you dig it? Yeah, Barry. No, <laughs> you cannot dig it. Do oh. not dig. <laughs> To, to bring in a little bit of kind of more more sciencey stuff, even though I'm not, you know, Bill Nye the science guy. Um, You'd be cool if you were. They That'd do be ma- really cool. Yeah, it would. They do mention <laughs> that um, it, it's it's anecdotal. It's not it's not necessarily something proven, but supposedly when the atomic bomb testing was going on out in those areas of the United States, uh, fallout mm-hmm. from the atomic mm-hmm. bomb because the the Uinta Basin was fairly unpopulated. Yeah. I mean, it's got the Indian reservation there, which we know the government doesn't care at all yeah, about. No. So the fallout... What drift- Native Americans? <laughs> the fallout drip... Yeah, a little radiation will do the Utes good, you know. Uh, <laughs> put hair on their chest. <laughs> so the, the fallout drifts over the basin. And now it's one of these things where, it, it to me, I mean, it's fallout the fact that you dig and all of a sudden you get spikes in gamma radiation and all these crazy readings, it's not like, I don't think it's a giant leap to think that it's possible that that fallout had something to do with that. Mm-hmm. Well, that and you you move, remove a lid from a well and then boom, you get hit and you actually get burns mm-hmm. from it. Like Right, right. And that's something that happened to Travis Taylor. You know, he Like on TV. Yeah, there's like yeah. a cistern. Yeah. He just takes a lid off and all of a sudden, you know, their radiation meters are going off. Yeah, and he gets all dizzy. And he got burned yeah. on his hand and on his face. Yeah, he's yeah. got like confirmed radiation burns. And a random bone spur appeared in his yeah, finger, he and he had surgery. to have it removed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have the thing like the the sinkhole. You know what they call the sinkhole? It's you know like this little cave going down into the ridge on the mesa, and they're talking about people go down in it, including Travis Taylor on camera, but other people. You get vertigo, vertigo, nausea, fatigue. Yeah. Um, they're getting like uh, high volatile chemical readings, high EMF readings, mm-hmm. and it's like you know, it, it just seems like I, I think paranormal or not, you kind of take a few medical chances when you go oh, yeah. uh-huh. on the Skinwalker Ranch, yeah. Yeah. because I think there's some stuff going on there that isn't necessarily paranormal that will make you just as sick, yeah. and mm-hmm. you know, and have some weird interactions. That's like with um, Tom Winterton, the yeah. superintendent, 
you know, they kind of, they, they seem to, everybody seems to attribute that to some kind of paranormal cause, but, you know, every time they dig and the radiation spikes and all this kind of stuff, and then he gets this uh, condition where he gets a bulge on his head, the mm-hmm. skin separates from his cranium, yep. yeah, and, and, you know, there's a buildup of fluid, and the doctors can't seem to explain it, but... It, you know, I, I just decided to look into it, and, and I thought, like, well, what's some stuff that could be caused by yeah. radiation? One of them is lymphedema. And, you know... There were a lot of lymph nodes back there. Sophie with, had an issue mm-hmm. back there. Yeah, and when your lymph nodes, you know, go inoperable because you've been exposed to radiation, which can be temporary and or permanent, mm-hmm. um, you get a buildup of fluid mm-hmm. because your lymph nodes can't clear the fluid out. And so... You know, the doctors at the hospital are looking at this like, well, what could this be? What could this be? Not maybe realizing that he works at a place where you dig and get hit with gamma rays. <laughs> because it's so large. Like when so- Sophie had a cold a couple years ago, and you have lymph nodes all around your head, but she had like the back of your head, right? You know, the, the very back section. Um, she had a big lump, and I thought, oh my God, she has cancer, right? Mm-hmm. So she took her to the doctor. He's like, nope, that's one of the lymph nodes because she's swollen over here behind her ear, due to one of the more common places to have a mm-hmm. swelling. But yeah, and she actually had lost her hair where that oh, lump was because it was yeah. a pretty big lump. We were worried it was cancer. No, mm-hmm. antibiotics. She was all good. Yeah. But like that's the size I was looking for. When you have Tom Winterton's swelling like yeah. that, you're not thinking lymphedema. You're thinking something different. Then like, that was like yeah. it wasn't like a, it was like half of a golf ball it, in the back of his head. Definitely say it was more like close to like a baseball. Yeah. Right? It was pretty big. Yeah, big. yeah, pretty big. But yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like so for me, stuff like that isn't necessarily paranormal. That's yeah. that's where I, when I watch this stuff. I'm looking at what stuff is like, okay, there shouldn't be any reason for this to happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but I do find those things like like in these cases where I'm like, oh, I think that this place is just kind of radioactive. Yeah. You know? And but especially it's especially mm-hmm. at certain, you know, layers down, you mm-hmm. get these radiation, you know, spikes. Yeah. yeah. Um, not only that, but they make a big deal out of like the shape of the basin. And they talk about how it's basically like a big, it's a big a bowl, dish, yeah. a big bowl. And they even do like that really cool, um, they do a cool visualization where um, Eric Bard goes in and he gets access to like a 3D topographical like scan mm-hmm. of the basin. And he puts that into the computer and then he uh, uses uh, what, you know, to me being not an expert in anything, Photoshop, we'll call it. (laughs) Your geologist is right there, fun fact. (laughs) Well, well, but he he takes that image and he covers the image as if it was all a mirror surface in the computer. He turns everything into into a reflective surface. And then he then generates uh, like a... As, as if there were beams of yeah a light ra- source shining directly radiation down. yeah a light source shining directly down to see how the the beams would be reflected and they end up getting reflected in like a cone shape in the center of the basin you know and so there's like the basically any energy that would be coming from space would be reflected and then concentrated over top of the basin and that could be any kind of radiation but what they seem to always get are these high spikes of 
uh, RF and EMF. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there's nothing in the basin naturally that should be causing high levels like that. And so that just brought to my mind that this exter- possible external source of some kind could be, be to blame. And we know that high EMF uh, can cause hallucinary, mm-hmm. hallucin- yeah. hallucinations oh, yeah. uh, in your temporal lobe. And so I think that even the EMF and RF could possibly, depending on the size of the spike, I mean, it's not like a, an electromagnetic pulse going off, mm-hmm. but it can mess with your electronics. Mm-hmm. It can have all kinds of uh, effects. Um, the weird part is the fact that that, that so much energy is found um, above the ranch. There's like that energy that's detected at like 5,000 5, yeah. 5, yeah. feet above the ranch, <laughs> yeah. which fits this like cone. But it's also like, well, what could possibly, okay, yeah, it's concentrating it there, but there's not that much radiation coming from space. Mm-hmm. There's not yeah. that There's not that much radiation from space hitting the basin to be reflected to that point. Right. To yeah. be reflected to that point, and that would cause this like crazy, weird spatial anomaly. It, it's like it raises these questions. Is the basin really focusing that energy, or is something uh, being emitted either from above or below the ranch? That's one of the big yeah. questions that they try to answer. Travis Taylor especially, he's like very interested yeah. in, is there anything underneath that Our resident be. geologist is passing me a note, but I feel like he could just talk. <coughs> um, you were saying about radiation, and that's absolutely going to be a thing. Could you first say who you are? Oh, I'm Jack. I'm Shanna's brother. And also... On Danger and Dice. On Danger and Dice. I'm the DM. Um, but no, actually, uh, that's very close to... Um, it's called the Grant Mineral Belt. The Uinta Basin is at the very terminus of it, and we've actually mined huge amounts of uranium from that area. So we're already naturally getting your... Fun fact, he went out there yep. for an okay. internship. Yep. So you're saying about your radiation, that absolutely could be a big thing. And that's the reason they don't have time to dig in that area is because you literally have uranium in different layers as you go down. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And that's the that's, that's the thing. Crazy. Whether it's fallout or whether it's natural True. deposits. I forgot that he went out there for an internship. That's, Sorry. That's <laughs> he gonna... sweated for like weeks <laughs> on cliffs and whatnot. But that's going to have a giant effect. You know, so like admittedly, like, oh, you're you're hearing disembodied voices, you're seeing strange sights and everything. Um, You know, the skeptic part of me says Mm -hmm. there's easily a possibility Mm -hmm. that you're talking, you know, gamma rays, alpha rays, beta rays, Mm -hmm. high EMF. Radium, etc. I mean, everything that's going to naturally occur is going to cause some of that, well, too. Did you see the newest episode from last season where they were drilling and when they had the read-off of what they actually pulled out of the dirt, like, Travis got excited but also horrified because it was all the parts that you need to, like, make a rocket. Make a, no, to make a battery. To make, to make a battery, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's like the this this seems to be a natural formation where energy is both being produced and collected and we we know a lot about what these energies can do to the human body, yeah. but we don't necessarily have uh, a clear understanding, or at least any that, that this team has, as to what massive amounts of these energies all at once yeah. could possibly do to affect your brain, to affect your sense yeah. of perception. Well, and that's why there's the idea that um, one of the one of the theories of what's happening is collective delusions. 
And I act, I disagree with that because it doesn't explain the cow mutilations at all, unless we're all mm. doing that too. And the video right. footage of UAPs yeah. over the yeah. area. But people the, believe yeah. like that this could just be like a collective delusion since we are, you know, all nervous and worried. We give it, we imbue with it that kind of power, that fear, with that shared psychosis, if you will. So basically, people think that it's the collective delusion. I disagree with that. Boo. But, yeah, I know, boring. Mm-hmm. But Lame. I think that it does heighten your fear, your natural fear response. I'm, and it could, mm-hmm. some of it could be brought on by that for sure, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but when you're seeing Tic Tacs in the sky and yeah. people are, like, standing on the backs of ATVs <laughs> in yeah. creepy states. Yeah. But, but the one thing that kind of captures my attention about the show is, you know, Shanna, your favorite guy, Travis Taylor. He, he is my favorite guy. So now, he, he is a bit of a, a wild card. He might even mm-hmm. be called a maverick in some ways. <laughs> oh, maverick. But, but, um, but I mean, yeah, the guy is like, holds a double PhD, like he's like an optical engineer, mm-hmm. you know, he's worked on rocket systems, yeah. you know, his favorite thing in the world is to shoot off a darn rocket. <laughs> Travis, if you're listening, you have multiple degrees, get a degree in like linguistics and learn how to use a different accent. <laughs> Tra- I think Travis, it's adorable. Travis, <laughs> Shanna wants you to get a degree in full body massage. <laughs> my PhD will be in ethical leadership, and nothing about how I feel about you is ethical. My husband's right here. But, yeah, <laughs> but if he, you want to give me a massage, I'm cool with it. He's worked, but yeah, he's worked with the Department of Defense. He's worked with NASA um, on all these programs. Poor PhD. Um, now he's the one. He's the one. Now, now I would think that out of the whole team. He's the guy that that would have the best grasp of these energies, uh, how how they function, where they could be coming from. Um, he's the one that floats the hypothesis that the basin is acting like the dish, and it's mm-hmm. either emitting energy or focusing energy about a mile above the ranch. Um, Plausible and, theory. And he says it, it it's either creating the phenomena. Or it's providing a background and environment for the phenomena to occur. Mm-hmm. It, like the, the, in this place, because of the high, the high energy levels, it's like a special environment where the laws of physics get a little more bent than what we're used to. And if you follow the theory that, you know, like ghosts and other types of apparitions need so much energy to, like, show themselves, mm-hmm. what a great place to get the energy you need. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one of the things that we talked about in the Philadelphia Experiment episode, that, you know, people talk about these kind of crazy things happen. They're like, oh, EMF can't do that. And now we're finding out that there's people studying how uh, high EMF can actually cause, you know, um, gravitational effects. That was one of the coolest episodes, by the yeah. way. Well, and that's the, and that's I the learned th- some things. And that was part of the big thing. Um, the one... <laughs> The one episode that really caught my attention was where they had the three astronomers. Oh, I love that one, yeah. Now, given these these guys are kind of like, they're amateur astronomers, but like between them, they had like years and years and years Mm -hmm. of amateur, air quotes, Mm -hmm. uh, astronomy experience. I mean, these guys brought like hardcore observational Sorry, my dog barking. Yeah, that's not a that's not a dire wolf, don't worry. <laughs> no, she's too small. Uh, hardcore observational equipment, you know. And um, the the one that got me was the the one guy had like the real high-tech telescope and it had like a star 
you know, catalog and map like in it. And he's so cool. And he's like, all really I have to cool. do, he's like, I, ha- I pick like three stars and I code them in. And then that lets the telescope know where it is and where, what position the night sky is. And then it can focus anywhere I want, you know, like automatically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this anomaly that they believe they detected about a mile above the ranch where there's high, en- high EMF energy, uh, spikes in gamma radiation, there's like these weird like sustaining oscillating RF signals at like 1.6, you know, <laughs> yeah. hertz. And um, they go to focus the telescope on that position in the sky and the star that the guy tries to focus on all of a sudden gets deleted from his star catalog. I found it like mind blowing because it's just, it's a piece of, like, I was like, yeah. this is equipment. How this, a star cannot disappear. <laughs> so then he's like, so I, I point the telescope out of where the anomaly should be, zone in on a star, nail it. Okay, I'm going to bring it back in and now focus on a different star deleted from the catalog and he's like three times he tried to focus on stars that were in the position where they believed the anomaly was and every time they got deleted and and he's like i can focus anywhere else in the sky but i can't focus there and the whole point of what they were doing was they were going to look at the anomaly to see if the starlight was affected in any way by gravitational mm-hmm. field effects. Because well, it's light and light can bend. Yeah. yeah. And so they're looking to see like, okay, when we look at it through the anomaly, does it look like it's in a slightly different position? And if it is, then we know there's definitely something yeah. there causing it to happen. And over that same spot too, they like took a helicopter up and they had these like GPS tracker the canisters. Things, yeah, yeah. And they're dropping them out of the helicopter. With colored uh Chalk or colored smoke, smoke too, to yeah. watch them, mm-hmm. and once they hit that altitude of where the anom- anomaly was, they would just move <laughs> like they bounced off something. Yeah, the GPS went all haywire, yeah. and it's yeah. showing weird positions. Yeah, your anomaly said not today. <laughs> and uh, apparently, there's um, what's called the hitchhiker effect. Have you read about this? Yes. Yeah, I've heard about that, that. That follows you home after you start messing with the ranch. And, like, Travis's cars would turn off on him while he's driving or turn back on when he gets into the driveway. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Or people will get sick. It'll affect, like, yeah. their immune mm-hmm. system. And they've even referred to it as, like, an infectious agent, possibly, yeah. or yeah. something that well, follows That's what radiation can do because it attacks well, yeah. your immune system. That's true. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so it's like, so that guy's telescope fails, and then the other guy had a giant telescope with a camera attached to it. The camera goes out. And that's one of the things that we kind of touched on in the first episode is that, you know, this is where that lack of evidence being evidence, sometimes it flip-flops because how many electronic devices in one sitting are going to completely short out? You know, the guy's got stuff getting deleted from a computer. Not even just in one sitting, just every single experiment they do, they have to have a plan B and C Mm -hmm. because everything fails. Here's my idea, Travis, if you're listening. New, new idea. Get in the helicopter and take a bucket of paint 
and just dump it <laughs> because then it will coat whatever is up there. Well, that's really? something else too. If you remember, like they don't Didn't like to fly. Take three PhDs to figure that one out. <laughs> they don't like to fly in a helicopter either because it messes with your GPS. It does. They have no idea where they are. And tells them that the land is like right underneath them when they're yeah. five thousand feet yep. in the air. Yeah, which is scary. New, new, new idea. You get paint and you put it in a super soaker and you just start spraying <laughs> that, real. That'll do it. That's <laughs> <laughs> and they've, they've even floated the idea that possibly the basin was created by a meteorite impact. You know, mm-hmm. the, that a large meteorite fell to Earth and created the basin. That's what killed the dinosaurs. Um, but it's just a theory. <laughs> and Shut up, resident geologist. <laughs> we know exactly what caused the basin, because it's actually a part of a belt. It's uh, Go away. It, it <laughs> killed the dinosaurs. The pulled apart slightly, and parts of it got thrust up, and the other parts dropped out. There's actually other basins that are in the same zone. So it's, like, it's the Wasatch you went to basin zone. It's, there's actually multiples. So it's almost like a fault line. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, no. Meteorite killed dinosaurs. <laughs> the end. Um, Get your degrees out of here. But but one of the things that one of the things that really caught my attention um, was when they get this weird light burst that shows up on the, their sky-pointed cameras. Oh, over the mesa. Yeah, over yeah. the mesa, they get this really strange... It's not a plane. It's it's very much... It's not. It doesn't move. It's just this strange, like, burst of light, as if, it, like, a spray mm-hmm. of light came out of a point in the sky. Now, in the show, they get, like, all a little bit... Travis decides to, like, dip into... He's written a couple science fiction books. So he decides to dip his toe into that. Yeah. And he's like, you know, if the wormhole... If one end of the wormhole's down here, maybe that's the other end of the wormhole. You know? And why I went Ross Perot. An excellent <laughs> use of his accent. Again, Travis, if you're listening... <laughs> maybe that's the other end of the wormhole. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> Now we got it. So... But when they catch this burst, uh, one of the things that I thought about when I saw that, and then they talk about the spiral, there's like the spiral etchings on the mesa, because mm-hmm. the utes, the spiral is like an important symbol to them. The the mm-hmm. um, the rock circle is in the vague form of a spiral, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and it has all this religious significance. Um, that burst of light reminded me of the strange blue spiral that was captured over Hawaii oh, by yeah. one of their their uh, telescopes. Um, and there's video of it. You can look it up. Look for, like, spiral over Hawaii. I thought that was Moana. And they Sorry. tried to say, and I'm, I'm not, I, I mean, I haven't done enough background on this, but they tried to say that that was from, like, the remnants of a SpaceX launch Oh, like man. a like a no. retro rocket or something, yep. some swamp gas. <laughs> but I mean, it, when you watch the video, it's very clear. It's not a grainy video at all. It's very clear, and it is a clear blue spiral like whirlpool formation that forms in the the night sky over Hawaii. And when I s- saw this burst of light on or, their camera. Was it Moana putting the heart back into Ka? Jeez. Oh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> new, 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 We don't new talk idea. about Moana after that garbage. <laughs> that, the the new garbage they released. But when, when I... See, live action Yeah, there's a live action. Oh, already? Too soon. But when I, I soon. see that burst of light on their camera, and then I see the spiral over Hawaii, and then I look at the Utes using the spiral as one of their mm-hmm. symbols, 
I thought to myself, like, what if this is... I mean, they talk about the Utes knowing, like, uh, having a sense of, oh, this is like a magical place, a special place, and all this kind of stuff. But what if these are things that they've been seeing in the skies over the basin since time immemorial, Mm -hmm. and they're literally seeing these strange portals open up. This spiral is really cool. I'm it's unbelievable. Right now. That it's unbelievable. really cool. And they try to give it this very mundane explanation, but it just doesn't... It, when you look at it, it doesn't feel mundane at all. It's moving. <laughs> yeah. You have a cough there? It's not a claw. It's not... It's, <laughs> I rescind my new, 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 new idea, I whatever say, number as soon as I was on. The you get a spiral like that that's... Excuse Relatively me, mundane. this isn't your podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, it's actually gravitational distortion grabbing light. But to do that takes a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Some sort of external energy, which is oh. dangerous. Are you, are you saying it's going to be aliens in that case? You can come Actually, back. the portal idea is pretty close to that. Okay. Like a wormhole or a portal. Then it's actually allowed, something with a yeah. gravitational... You're allowed to give is, a conversation. Is it possible? Is it possible? That I'm related to him? Yes. <laughs> because on I'm our show... Get the science gene. <laughs> <laughs> on our show, we're all about possibilities. Good stories and possibilities. Is it possible that the massive amounts of energies that seem to be either emanating or collecting within the basin are having gravitational field effects that are then opening portals to I don't know where? Are we going to talk about interdimensional portals next time? Can we do a part three? <laughs> I have portal stories. Ooh, portal, yeah. stories. portal stories. I are do good. too. Can we do a, a good part time for a three? portal story? One thing that I do want to talk about before we get into portal stories is I teased my Jesse Ventura, Robert Bigelow story oh, on the first God. episode. Yes. So back in 2009, uh, former governor and WWF superstar Jesse Ventura had a show called conspiracy theory (laughs) (laughs) i was reading that today too yeah and and he was able he he was brought the story of skinwalker ranch but what got jesse ventura he's like yeah i know skinwalker ranch so what you know (laughs) and they're like yeah but do you know that this guy robert bigelow who owns it uh the faa in their manual directs all ufo reports to Bigelow Aerospace and gives a phone number. And he goes, wait a second. Are you telling me that this guy, Robert Bigelow, is the official reporting source of the FAA? How does that happen? (laughs) (laughs) Why Why are we not calling the Air Force? You know, and all this kind of stuff. And so he gets hot on the trail and he wants to track down Robert Bigelow. They go to his, like, Bigelow Aerospace, you know, building, which they can't get on. They get turned away by security. But when they're looking at the building, on the corner of Bigelow Aerospace Headquarters is there's a little logo. There's Bigelow Aerospace, big signs. There's Bigelow mm-hmm. Aerospace with a big, like, Atari-looking swoop yeah. thing <laughs> with a little plane on it. And there's this, in the corner of the building, on a couple of sides, there's this little logo in black. And they said that the, the security guards have the same little logo on their security uniforms. And it's a fucking gray face. It's the it's the alien gray. He's got it as like an official logo of his company. Neat, right? Awesome. So I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens, right? We start off me saying aliens. Now, hear me out. On that show, they talked to a paranormal researcher who said he has heard from multiple sources that two of Bigelow's security guys 
got into an altercation with something and got killed. Got got dead. Got dead. They got dead. They got dead. Oh yeah, look at that. By an alien. That is an alien. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, so I mean, um, you know, he Bigelow obviously was deep in this. I think probably the OSAP uh, program had something to do with how he got tagged by the FAA. It's somebody different now. Now that Bigelow Aerospace is defunct, yeah. it's some like just regular old. It's not MUFON, but it's like a like a generic MUFON. It's like you just call these guys who are like they just collect the data, yeah, and really do nothing with it. Um, but, yeah, for a while, he was the guy that you called to report your UFO if you were a pilot, which is which is weird. Yeah. Which is weird. weird. Yeah. So Jesse Ventura actually went and, like, tracked him down. He was speaking at a conference. <laughs> Bigelow was speaking at some conference because <laughs> you can't get in with this guy. He won't do interviews. You know, I think he's done maybe two interviews, like, his entire he's life. Joe Rogan. Yeah. Oh. And it's like, uh, so so he's not he's not returning any calls. You can't see him. So, but they hear that he's at this conference because it's a big aerospace conference. So Jesse Ventura tracks down like what hall he's in oh, at the time and waits for him in the hallway. And he's like, "Hello, Mr. Bigelow. I'm Jesse Ventura, gov- former governor of, of Minnesota." And, you know, and right away, Jesse Ventura is like, "So you're the guy they call for to report the UFOs?" You know. And and Bigelow's very evasive and all this stuff, but he does pin him down. Um, he 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 does ask him one yeah, hard... wrestling joke. Uh, uh, <laughs> Unintentional. <laughs> I'm here all week. I thought you. No, you're not. You're <laughs> leaving. <laughs> but he uh, he does ask him. He says, "So do you think that there's aliens walking around amongst us on this planet right now?" And Bigelow, and I'm totally paraphrasing because I can't remember the actual quote, Bigelow actually says that he thinks that it is a very, very, very good possibility Mm -hmm. that there are currently aliens Mm -hmm. among us. So take that for what it's worth. No, I agree. The guy who actually was building a space station and owned Skinwalker Ranch is telling, you know, Jesse the body... Yeah, I think there's aliens. <laughs> yeah, all right. And I think really, I think there might be some here. <laughs> I think what's really telling too is you know you had Trump go visit the Area 51 kind of stuff, and then all of a sudden we need to make up space force. Hmm. You know, like to me that proves that he saw and learned some things. You know, but do you think he could keep that secret? I think they forced him to. <laughs> hmm. PJ, uh, why don't you round us out? So we we've talked about you know we've started with some cryptids. Um, we've talked about the, the various personalities that have become involved with the ranch uh, over the years. We've, we've touched a little bit on the science that this, that this very quite possibly may be just a highly energetic place mm-hmm. that might actually cause, uh, if not actually drawing in or creating real phenomena, may, may be causing people to see phenomena because of the effect it might be having on them physiologically. I slurred that and I don't know why. (laughs) Physiologically. Um, But... Travis could say it better. Physiologicate. (laughs) (laughs) Physimagnanimous. Oh, crap, what was that? Crap, it's a UAP. Jeez. (laughs) So... uh, (laughs) 
But as always, we want to round this out with what we love, right, honey? Just a good story. We sure do. So, PJ, why don't you finish us off with some good portal stories? All right. We've heard the one about the guy crawling out. Yeah, yes. that's good. And, and if the Travis Taylor had been there, it would have been great. Oh, my God, he's crawling out. <laughs> <laughs> what the crap is that? What the crap? All right, so this is a first-hand account from Cole Keller. My colleague was scanning the perimeters of the lush tree-lined pasture with a pair of Generation 3 ITT night vision binoculars. Humble bragging. Yeah, name, name drop, why don't you? Yeah, dude. <laughs> It's like people that drive around at the Lambo. They just need to remind everyone they have a Lamborghini. <laughs> like Brandon Fugel. Like Brandon Fugel. <laughs> he literally has the Lamborghini that was in the poster on his wall when he was a kid. They showed the picture of it. <laughs> These binoculars amplify ambient light both in the visible and, to a large extent, the infrared. I was readying the manual camera with black and white infrared film when he exclaimed, Jesus! And I he, said yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. He was looking through the night vision binoculars. Well, obviously he had them. Uh, directly at the tree line, no more than 200 feet in front of us. All of a sudden he said, there's a huge black thing in the trees just in front of us, and it's moving, moving north. That certainly got my attention. And the dogs as well. They had dogs there as uh, bio, bio dogs, sensors. Both animals had taken up positions directly behind us, jammed into the backs of our legs, gazing fixedly ahead where my colleague was looking. I pointed my manual camera in the direction he was looking and began a series of long exposure shots. It's big. I'm not sure if it's in... <laughs> it's a big hole. How old are you? <laughs> I want to park my stump in it. <laughs> I just want to oh, we haven't it. even gotten to the stump Not story. The stump. Oh, he, it's the way he exclaimed it. He, he, he yelled, it's big, and I wanted to shout, I know! <laughs> it's big. <laughs> just skip over that line now, buddy. It's gone. I'm not sure if it's in the trees or behind the trees, he said. It's blocking out the stars. I kept the shutter open and began counting out about 20 seconds between opening and closing the shutter. The camera was mine, probably 40 years old, but capable of taking excellent shots. Experience told us to avoid the high-tech, idiot-proof cameras, whose electronics had too often failed at the crucial moment. Every time I looked up to see what my colleague was reporting, I could see nothing except dark shadows of the tree line directly in front of me. Without the advantage of the amplification of the low-level ambient light afforded by the night vision technology, I was looking for a black something against a black background. I decided to focus only on my camera work. It's still moving, he was muttering. Then, all of a sudden, it's got me, he yelled. It's saying, we're watching you. Then there was silence. I was taking increasingly longer exposures, trying to catch whatever he was talking about. I could not see what was causing his... Uh, him such inten intense anxiety. My colleague's frantic actions and tone of voice increased my adrenaline. I knew that if something out there, uh, something out there in the dead of night wanted to harm us, we were sitting ducks. Then he said, it's getting smaller, and then it's gone. Over and over, he kept muttering, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. I asked him what happened, and he was still shaken. Something, something big was in the trees just in front of us. It blotted out all the stars through the binoculars, he declared. It took control of my mind. It told me it was watching us. 
He sounded very confused and bewildered. I worked closely with him on numerous occasions, and he and knew he was not prone to sudden flights of imagination. His distinguished academic career had not prepared him for anything like this. Ooh. Crazy. That's creepy. Yeah. And that and it reminds me of something like now given they were using they were using uh, equipment, but they've reported the fact that some of the phenomena it's like one person sees it and another person standing right next to them can't see. He's it. like, what? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Right. Yeah. So even even though the one guy's looking through the binoculars and maybe that's helping him or whatever, it's like even if they were just using observing with their regular eyes, he might not have still seen anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While the yeah. other guy's completely freaking out over what he's seeing. Yep. So. Well, anyway, that was a good story. I like that right? one. Right? Isn't that such a cool yeah. story? If they had been looking from the stump, they both would have seen it. Just saying. Hmm. Ding, dang, darn stump. Ding, dang, darn stump. <laughs> I, I would have seen it. I would have shot it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> my 30 out 6 I would have gone full-blown Arnold Schwarzenegger on that. French fried tater. <laughs> <laughs> So do you have any other ones? Or? Uh, yeah, so... Uh, let's, this do, is, let's do one more. Let's do this one This is from more. Chapter 8, The Window. The Window. So, oh, I love this. <clears throat> Sorry, that's a good one. <laughs> so, uh, talking about Terry. Uh, Terry Sherman here. And so, Terry often used a large, four-foot-high tree stump that stood out <laughs> outside the homestead as a vantage point to steady his binoculars or other viewing equipment. And so his favorite piece of gear was the scope on a night vision rifle. Not <laughs> surprised. Yep, he uh, could. God bless Terry. It's on. <laughs> I, I, scope on. I mean, I can't say anything. I never use binoculars at the house. That's what the scope is for. Yep. Got his stump. Got his gun. I can. He's I good. can take the center out of a dime on a moonless night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Terry. He could easily hold it steady while leaning on the tree stump and watch the bizarre orange structures that would appear in the sky about a mile away. Uh, sometimes the object looked flattened and elongated, and others it looked like a large orange setting sun, bigger than a harvest moon and almost perfectly round. He related how one night he set up a scope on the tree stump to look at a gigantic orange object. The detail was astonishing as he looked at the structure hovering silently in the night sky above a row of cottonwoods. Why did it always appear in roughly the same place? The sun had long since set. In the middle of the orange mass, Tom could see what looked to be quote, another sky. Through the magnifying scope, he distinctly saw a blue sky. On this particular night, the orange object looked like a window into somewhere else where it was still daylight. Tom felt like it could have have been a tear or rent in the sky about a mile away. And through the rent, he could see a different world or perhaps a different time. He swore that he actually saw a blue sky through the rent. It was nighttime as he gazed through, and it was daytime on the other side. For Sherman, this was a rare glimpse into what might actually be happening on his property. After seeing the blue sky, Sherman began to think that the strange events on the ranch might be explained in terms of different dimensions, alternate realities, and such. Another night, he was again sitting near his favorite tree stump. <laughs> Old stump. You're, you're the only one who gets me. <laughs> it really supports him. Ah, there we go. <laughs> he was training his night vision scope on the middle of the orange mass. And this time, he couldn't see any sky. 
But the middle seems like it had multiple layers, like a three-dimensional onion that moved away from him. And when Tom's sharp eyes picked out a fast-moving black object that was silhouetted perfectly against the bright orange background, the black object seemed to grow bigger, and Tom could tell that it was moving very rapidly in his direction at the center of the orange window. Within seconds, the vaguely triangular object had gained considerably in size, and it appeared bigger as it flew directly toward him out of the hole in the sky. The object moving at such speed and so quietly that he could make out only the black shape. Uh, the object then quickly vanished into the night. So, oh, yeah, yeah, he saw something come out of this hole. Saw a UFO wow. fly out yeah. of it. Yep. Crazy. Those are so cool. So hear me yeah. out. Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have I a theory mean, as to how. No, you're no. <laughs> I was gonna say the whole wormhole thing. That would make most sense for faster and light travel is to not actually wait, wait, travel. Say it in Travis's accent, though. See the wormhole. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily wormhole. Just like you said, gravitational fluctuations creating, you know, like a divot in something. Make it so instead of having to travel A to B in a straight line, you actually just twist yeah. around. Have we seen yeah. Scott Pilgrim versus that- the World? And this is <laughs> traveling. And like I like I said, when you know the J. Allen Hynek when he was still alive, Jacques Vallée, uh, these were things theories that they had already come to. Was that um, as as they pondered what it would take for nuts and nuts and bolts craft to uh, go from one star system to another? Yeah. Physics precludes that, mm-hmm. and so they're like the the most the most physically, scientifically logical thing would be is if somehow they figured out how to poke that hole Mm -hmm. between one layer of reality to another and just pop through. Just poop, you're there. Poop, you're there. (laughs) (laughs) Faster than light just wouldn't make sense. Like, there's too much to calculate, like, hitting an asteroid or whatever, like, and it still just would be too slow. Do you know where your train station stops? The stump... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be unfortunate if we're basically the ter- uh, we're like you sit around there and you wait and you wait what you're doing wait to go yeah. all passengers please return your tray tables and your seats to their upright positions we are almost to your destination the Uinta the stump, stump. <laughs> <laughs> there you will see an old man with a rifle staring at you he may don't, shoot at you don't worry he's harmless <laughs> These humans are so cute. I, I saw a ding dang train fly out of there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Terry. So, well, anyway, I, that was. I think we we covered some great ground. You know, we, we Jenny and I aren't the deep dive folks. Wellhouse Exorcism. If you want deep hardcore history hits, mm-hmm. that's where you want to go to the Wellhouse Exorcism. Jenny and I are just here for the yucks. <laughs> yuck! 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 You're going to get the yucks in uh, episode four of Gettysburg for Wellhouse Exorcism. Laura's got a story that even I was kind of like close to vomiting. I was like... "Mm." Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, you guys are on part four of your Gettysburg series. It is. It'll come out Sunday night into Monday. And is that going to be the last? Mm -mm. One more. So there's going to be a fifth part to the Gettysburg. We're doing the farms and Saks Covered Bridge. Well, that's great. Yeah, if you want to hear all about Gettysburg and other various... Pennsylvania hot spots yep. mm-hmm. for ghosty activity. We'll also have an interview coming out too from Kevin Paul. 
That's right. That's Our right. Our well-known author. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, yeah, definitely uh, check out The Wellhouse Exorcism. We really appreciate the fact that you guys were willing to do this little crossover episode. We thought it was, like, the perfect yeah. subject uh, to get us together on this. and Bring us back again. We yeah. love history. Yeah, hopefully and, we yeah. can do something else in the future. Creepy stuff. Uh, and I apologize Jack, for breaking and entering into your uh, recording session. <laughs> no, we appreciate the <laughs> geological expertise that you, you actually made us feel momentarily like a very professional podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Fun fact, that piece of I totally something. forget that he has those degrees. <laughs> and I, I totally forgot that he did an internship. And I helped him pen his essays and stuff for the internship. Gone. <laughs> Gone. That was that was 15 years ago. In my mind, it's like, whatever. So why don't you... Rock ta- people, you know what I'm saying? They're just, yeah. they're cute. So why don't you tell our listeners um, where they can find the Wellhouse Exorcism. You can find us on Facebook. You can also find us on our website, gamesoverboard.com. And the Wellhouse Exorcism itself has its own Twitter. So you can go to at Wellhouse underscore Exorc, E-X-O-R-C. And start following us today. Yep. And send us an email at gamesoboard at gmail.com. And to celebrate all the fantastic thousands of downloads for Wellhouse, we are going to do our next uh, merch give out on Facebook. T-shirt. T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. And nice. a magnet for your car. Yeah. So watch fun. on there. We're not in the merch game yet. Yes. <laughs> we will yet. be. Poop, you're gone. <laughs> That's going to be yeah, <laughs> your first t-shirt. The first shirt is poop, Not, not fireball in my... <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, we claim, we claim the stump. You can't have the stump. <laughs> and you, and you guys are on Spotify, Apple iTunes. Everywhere you get your podcasts. Yep. yep. Everywhere services. you get your uh, your podcasts and YouTube, YouTube. as well. Mm-hmm. Find us on YouTube. Nice, nice. nice. And so, uh, as always, for Liminal Unlimited, uh, you're already listening to it, so you probably know where to find it. Mm. Um, but you can hit us up on our Facebook page, the Liminal Unlimited Facebook, um, on our Twitter uh, at Limit Unlimited, or just search Liminal Unlimited. Yeah. Twitter will get you there. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as it Twitter hasn't been, you know, completely ruined. Um, <laughs> Which you never know. Get your blue check marks. <laughs> <laughs> and you can also email us, please, 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 if you have any crazy interdimensional, I was leaning on my tree stump and saw a portal type stories. <laughs> Um, or if you've ever mowed down what you thought was a predator in the woods one night. <laughs> if you have a favorite tree stump. Even if it just, you don't hear about that. Anything. Yeah, even if it just turned out to be your drunk uncle <laughs> you know, sleeping in a tree. Um, if you and, just want to say hi. Yeah. Hit us at liminal, us liminal unlimited at gmail.com. So, as always... Uh, Thank you to our guests. Thank you to you listening. Uh, Wellhouse Exorcism meets Liminal Unlimited. What a great series. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And from me and Jenny, from you. From me. We will see you on the other side. Bye. Good night, you ding-dang darn listeners. (laughs) Go back to my stuff now. (laughs) 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 (laughs)